I think we all have missed out on some plans. Listen, if you want to share something you missed out on, some of you have already done that, but feel free to comment. Um, but, but, you know, we can make plans. Uh, we can make big plans. We, uh, some of these plans that you saw in the video, uh, thank you, by the way, to all of you that were willing to kind of make light of the plans that, that didn't work out. Um, but, but we can make plans or we can have an idea of how things are going to go. But the truth is we never know what's going to happen with the plans that we make. And, and so we all find ourselves right now living in this in-between and this weird place. Right now we're talking about the in-between when, when our plans or our desires, where we end up in a place that, that we're stuck, not with what we wanted, but with what we've got, we're in between our plans and, and God's plan. And, and so I've got good news for you today. And that's this, even though our plans don't always work out the way we want them to, even though our plans don't always come true, even though we have an idea of what we want life to be like or, or where we're going to go and, and what we're going to do, and it doesn't always work out, I've got good news. God has a plan for every single one of us, and nothing, nothing can change that plan or take that plan away from us. So if you're living in a place, I know we were having some fun there, but if you're living in a place where you're just frustrated that your plans aren't working out, I want you to know today that you serve a God that has a good plan for you. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We've been looking at Jeremiah um, chapter 29, and this is a letter from God to the Israelites, to God's people. And the Israelites have messed up big time, and they find themselves in exile. The Babylonians have taken them captive, and they're now living in a foreign land, and they're stuck, and, and it's not where they wanted to be or what they wanted to do. They're living in exile. But God writes them this letter, God inspires this letter um, that Jeremiah brings to them. God sends a message to them. And, and so we've been looking at this over the, uh, the past two weeks, and uh, we're going to look at verse 4 through 7, which is the part we've been talking about. The first part is, is the, what you need to do when you're living in the in-between. Verse 4 says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper." So God writes a letter to his people in exile, living in the in-between, and, and he starts with, with an idea of how they should live. And this is, this is review for you, but if you've missed the last two weeks, the first week we talked about this first part, that when we find ourselves in the in-between, which we are all finding ourselves there right now, what we do is we settle in and we build a life for ourselves we grow, we continue to do what we always were supposed to do, what God created us to do, and that's to live for him. So he says, settle in, build houses. The second week, we talked about seeking the peace and prosperity of the place that you live in. When you find yourself where you don't want to be, when you find yourself in the in-between, the, the truth is, if you will seek the prosperity, if you will pray for it, even when, when you're in a place that seems devoid of God, 
We have the opportunity to be an influencer, to be, to be an agent of change, and to pray that God, God's power, God's grace will change the place that we're in. And if we'll do that, we will continue to grow and we will be prosperous even in difficulty. But, but this week as I was looking at this scripture as a whole, it struck me. Jeremiah 29, this message from God, you know what this is? This is a love letter. It may not read like your typical love letter. It may not be all mushy and gushy. It may not give you butterflies, but, but this is a love letter. This is a, this is a message from a God who loves his people so much that he wants to help them. Think about this. The Israelites blew it. They turn their back on God. That's why they're in the place they're in. And, and by the way, sometimes we'll find ourselves in a place of exile or in between, and it's not even a result of, of what we personally have done. Sometimes we just find ourselves there, but God loved them and God loves us so much that he sends them this message. It's a love message to remind them just how much he loves them and that there's something more for them. As, as I read this, it reminds me of something that happens in my house on a weekly basis. So it seems like at least once a week, it, this, I wish it wasn't this often, but it seems like at least once a week, one of my kids will get themselves into really, really big trouble. Maybe they have uh, missed assignments at school. Maybe they've just been acting really rotten, maybe they've done something really bad, and it seems like once a week is, is probably an understatement as far as how often this happens, but it seems like on a regular basis, we have this moment with our kids where they've messed up, they've done something wrong, and it seems like things escalate. You know, we're trying to correct their behavior. We're saying, you shouldn't have done that, then they get upset with us, and, and eventually, it always ends the same way. Go to your room, you're grounded for the rest of your life. You're never watching TV again. You're never touching an iPad again. And, and it seems like it always ends, it, it doesn't always end with a life, lifetime grounding, but, but it seems like it always ends with, go to your room, you're gonna be in exile for a little bit. But, but there's a moment that happens. And, and if you're a, a father or mother that's been here, then you can relate with this. But there is a moment for me, I'm a softie. And, and I get upset with my kids and I ground them and I send them to their room, but there's something inside of me that when my kid goes up to the room, no matter how bad he's been, no matter how bad he's messed up, I have to go to them because I want them to know that I love them. And even when they're punished, even when they're in a bad place, even when they're stuck, the most important thing to me is that my kids know that I love them and that I want the best for them. That's what we're seeing here. See, see God, has, it, God is still their God and the Israelites are still God's people, but they've blown it and they find themselves in the in-between and what we see is a God who loves them so much that he's gonna go up, he's gonna sit on the bed and he's gonna talk to them and he's gonna say, here's how we move forward with this. Verses four through seven, settle in, build houses, do all this stuff, seek the peace and prosperity. The first thing I do when I go up is I say, hey, how are we gonna move forward? 
Do you know why you're in this place? What are we going to do to change things and make them better? But the second thing is always, I love you. And no matter what you think, no matter how rough you're feeling right now, I want you to know that I'm here with you, that I love you, and that I want the best for you. I call it the after talk. And, and that's what God is, is giving the Israelites here. So, so today we see a God of hope and we see a God of love in verses 10 through 11. That's what we're gonna talk about today is verses 10 through 11. God greatly loves his people and even though they've been sent into exile, even though they're living in the in-between, God loves them so much that he has to send them a message. Listen, my prayer this morning, I have already prayed this prayer this morning several times, is that each and every person that's watching this, no matter how far into exile you've been, no matter how messed up your life has gotten, no matter where you're at, that each and every one of us would hear the message from God today, that God loves us and that God offers us hope and a future. Let's look at verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This text is one of the most quoted scriptures that you'll find. This is, when you talk about life verses, verses that people carry around with them, this is probably the most popular life verse out there. It's graduation time, and, and the verse we see more than any other verse at graduation time from, from our seniors that are graduating is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and oftentimes we quote this, sometimes we don't fully understand it, but there's a reason. It's because this is a message of hope. I've got good news for you today. God loves you, and God offers you hope today because God has a plan for you, every single one of you. This morning it, it struck me, this week as I pre was preparing, it struck me that, that I have no clue who on my friends list may stumble upon this message or our service this morning. But it, it's my prayer, and I believe it's God's desire, that if you're listening right now, that you know that God has a plan for you. The God that created the whole universe loves you and wants to give you life to the fullest God has a plan for you. This is, this is obviously written to the Israelites from God in a specific time, in a specific place, and sometimes I think we, we think we need to discount it because this wasn't written specifically to us, but it, when we look at the totality of Scripture, when we look at Scripture as a whole, we see that God has invited us in to be his people. The Israelites were God's people that he journeyed with, that he loved, that all of this happened to, but, but scripture is clear. John 3, 16, another quoted scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, if you are hearing this, if you are watching this today, God loves you, 
and God has a plan for you, and today you can be a part of God's people. You are invited to be one of God's people. There's no better place you can be. I'm just going to guess that there's some people out there that are living frustrated. I'm going to guess there's some people out there that are feeling hopeless. I'm going to guess there's some people out there who have never really understood real love. The God that created all of this sends you a message today. And that message says, I love you and I have a plan for you. Don't miss this. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gotten away. It doesn't matter how you've lived before this moment. God loves you. God has a plan for you. All it takes is surrendering yourself, saying, God, I will follow you. Forgive me for the things that I've done. Forgive me for the wrongs that I've done. And give me life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. If you can pray that prayer today, you are one of God's people and God has a plan for you. The word plan here, the word translated, translates actually as the word thoughts. That, that's the first thing. The King James actually says, um, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. As I go back to that moment where my kids are in trouble and they're up in, in their room, you know what, when my kids get in trouble, I get really upset. I try to control it. And we have that moment where I say, go to your room. But the truth is, my thoughts towards my kids are filled with love. And there is nothing I want more than for my kids to be whole and right and have life to the fullest. God's thoughts are for you. God loves you. And so, so I don't know who this is going to speak to today, but I hope you know that God has a plan for you. Verse 11 is often quoted. It says, I know the plans that I have for you. I think the question that we need to ask ourselves today is, what are those plans? It's one thing to say, I have a plan for you, but, but what is the plan that God has for each and every one of us? Once again, the King James Version says, I have an expected end for you. The NIV translates it, a hope and a future. When I go up and I talk to my kids, my plan isn't just to correct one small behavior. My plan is to tell them that I love them and the plans that I have for my kids don't involve just good behavior. They don't just involve giving them toys or cookies or, or nice things. You know what the plans I have for my kids are? I want them to have life to the fullest. I want them to be at peace. I would love for them to be athletes and be great at sports, but you know what? I want them to know Jesus. I want them to live life at peace and to be a person of love and grace. That's what I want for my kids, and that's what God wants for us, is to have life to the fullest, to be at peace. And the first thing it says, God's plan gives us hope. I know the plans I have for you, declares Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So hope. There's this cool thing that happens in my house. So one of my kids can be a little bit difficult. He can get a little bit wild sometimes. He can be hard to control. But I've found the secret, and that's that if I can give him the hope of a toy, everything changes. 
See, when we live with hope, it changes everything in our lives. So, so let me tell you how this works. Yesterday, we were trying to give haircuts at the house. And giving haircuts to kids can be a really, really difficult thing. And so I was listening in the other room. I say we. Megan was trying to give haircuts. I was in the other room enjoying myself, laughing. But I came in. I heard my child fussing. I'm not going to tell you which one. You could probably guess. But my, my son is fussing, and he's, he's given a hard time. And I'm just like, what's going on? So it just so happens about a week ago, I bought a toy for this child. And I said, if you will do your homework and if you will behave every day until next Saturday, you can have this toy. And so we're given haircuts and, and my son is throwing a fit and he's upset. And so I grabbed that toy and I walked and I set it on the counter and I said, hey, son, look. And all of a sudden, everything changed. That haircut wasn't so bad when he had the hope of a toy coming. God gives us hope. And, and we see in verse 4 through 7, God says, this is how you should live when you find yourself in the in-between. When you find yourself in exile and everything's messed up, you should build a life. You should pray for the prosperity and the peace of the place you're in. And these are hard things to do when we find ourselves hurting, but we can do them because God's plan gives us hope and a future. When you have hope, when you can live in hope, even negative things. We sang it earlier. What was meant for evil, you use for good, Lord. Even the negative things, even the bad places of our life, we can prosper in them because we have hope. No matter how hard things get, we can have joy and we can have peace and we can have hope. Charles Spurgeon, a theologian, said, when I cannot rejoice in what I have, I will look forward to what shall be mine and will still rejoice. So, so God gives us hope. We can live in hope. The second part of it is a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. What future is this talking about? I don't think this is talking about that everything's going to work out perfect for you here on earth. I don't think this is talking about that when you get done with this difficult time, with this exile, I'm going to reward you with a toy or a cookie or something like that. It's not saying that if you will drive this beat up old nasty car, then, then later I'll give you a Ferrari. It's not saying that if you'll stick out these tough days in the job, I'm gonna bless you with a job that gives you everything you could ever want. It's not saying you're gonna get rich. It's not saying anything about earthly success. God's plan is so much bigger than toys, cars, earthly success, money, stuff that fades away. God's plan is to give us a future. God's plan for us is eternal. Look at verse 10. This is, I find this really interesting. So, so we, we like to grab onto this promise. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, and we like to grab onto it. But right before it, it says, when you've been here in exile for 70 years, I will bring you back to the place. And then it says, for I know the plans I have for you. The, the reality is, for a lot of the Israelites, for many of them, 70 years would be further than the end of their life. For many of the Israelites that God is sending this message to, 
The plan is not that they're going to get out of captivity. They will spend the rest of their lives there. Sometimes we, we don't get out of the place of the in-between or of exile, but we can prosper and we can live because we know God promises us a future. That's the best news of all. I went to a funeral yesterday for one of the great members of our church, Tom Hawks. And you know what? It's always sad to lose somebody that we love, but there is a joy and there is a hope in knowing that, that his story is not over, but that he has a future. He has eternal life with Jesus. Man, there, there is nothing better than that. We are promised God's plan is to give us hope because we have eternity. We can live in eternity with our Savior, with our Lord, with the creator of all this. We can't settle for a cookie or a car or some money, a handout. God wants to give us hope and a future. See, in between is not the end. Our trials are not the end. Even death is not the end for those that follow Jesus. We have hope and a future. And so God comes to us today, and I really believe that God wants to send each and every one of us a message today that God has a plan for us, that God wants us to be a people who live in hope even when things are messed up, but that God has a future for us. That if you'll put your trust, if you'll allow God to be the Lord of your life, if you'll follow Jesus, you will have an eternity. You will have an eternity to live with God. And so, so don't sell yourself short today. And don't miss this opportunity the band's going to come up here at the end, and we're going to sing a song. This is a newer song, and, and it's called The Blessing. And, and this, this, it's, once again, these are, these are blessings that God has given to his people. And they were blessings for a specific time and a specific place. But as I said, these are blessings for us today as well. The truth is God loves you. God wants you to have life to the fullest, and God is with you today. And so as we sing this last song, I think there's probably several different types of people that are watching. Some of you may be doing well and you may have your trust in God and you may be living the life that you need to be living and that's great. I want to encourage you. Remember that God has a plan for you and God is working. But there may be some today that, that have never experienced the joy and the peace and the hope of Christ. Listen, if that's you, don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity to give yourself to God and to allow God to determine the plans for your future that are so much better than anything you can do on your own. While we're singing this song, if that's you, I just wanna ask you to say an e a simple prayer. Say, God, I wanna know you more. I want you to take my life and my plans and I want you to make them your plans. I want you to take all of me. And maybe there's some of you today that are watching that are just living in a place of discouragement and pain. I've got good news. Death, trials, exile, it's not the end. God loves you. Father, I pray that you would be with each person 
I pray that you would be with each one, whether, they've, whether they're far from you or whether they've been living for you every day for the last 30 years, Lord. I pray that you would be with each one and I pray that you would remind us today of your great love for us. I pray that not one single person would miss your grace and your peace today but that we would live for you with everything we have, that we would turn ourselves over to you. We can make plans, but they don't work out all the time, Lord. Your plan is good, and it is whole, and it is eternal. So we offer ourselves to you today, Lord. Help us to experience your blessing. Help us to experience your peace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.